Well, I got friends from Colorado. I got friends from Tennessee. So I got something in a bottle. And I got something from a seed. Since you said you didn't love me. Since you hung me out to dry. I've been drunk up in the Smokies on a Rocky Mountain High. What's happening, everybody? Welcome back to the Eric the Audio Escapade. It's your boy, Eric B. Happy to have you back on listening over here. I know it's a new year. Hopefully, you have some, uh, some big plans for the year up ahead. I, uh, I'm happy to bring this episode to you all. This was a uh, recording that my friend Lisa, hashtag LisaFit. You can find her on Instagram, at LisaFit. Uh, we gave a presentation at Peak 360 in South Miami talking about different fat loss strategies so it was a live presentation and uh, hopefully you get a good thing to out of this like it share it subscribe let me know any thoughts peace much love to you seminar this is actually one of my favorite topics to speak about because this is the stuff that we get asked i think the most on an everyday basis so it's good to give you guys the, the answers that we like to give out the true the true answers yeah not the hey i'm gonna promote this supplement so you can buy it answer and yeah this is like these are questions you get asked or i think we get asked on like instagram for example <clears throat> on a daily basis, like you see either somebody talking about it or directly asking, like, hey, what do I do to Yeah, what do I do? And it's always, what do I do now to do this? It's always very, people, when they want to lose body fat, when they want to lose weight, they want it to happen now. Like, they don't want to wait a month, they don't want to wait five mm-hmm. months. It's like, what can I do so I can see results today? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right now, like, you want the abs yesterday. Exactly. So, so we're going to get right into it, guys. And then the number one thing that when we're talking about weight loss and fat loss, when it comes down to like the basic, the basic, basics, it's you have to be in a caloric deficit. Okay, that's literally number one, that you have to just eat fewer calories than you were eating before. Now, of course, we can get into like what specifically we should be eating, but even if I'm eating salads and turkey burgers and vegetables, but I'm still eating more calories and I was eating cheeseburgers before, I'm not gonna lose weight. I might get healthier, but I'm not gonna lose weight because I'm still eating more calories. So the number one thing you can do is just reducing your calories. And I know that a lot of times that sounds like we have to be starving ourselves, but if we supplement with the right foods, like vegetables that are lower calorie but have a lot of volume, we don't have to be hungry, right? So dieting doesn't mean we have to be hungry. There might be times, of course, where you're like, oh yeah, I wish I could eat, but I'm gonna wait. But dieting in itself you know, doesn't mean that you have to be starving yourself. I think we, we have such a, a negative connotation with the word diet. Yeah. If I were to ask you right now, oh, I'm Eric, by the way. I'm a registered dietitian. <laughs> this is Lisa. <laughs> um, if I were to ask you right now, uh, what does the word diet mean? What would you say? What it depends on the context. Well, if I say, okay. It's something that people use to lose weight fast. Okay. okay. That's Fair. how I would in mind. 
Okay, yeah. However you have it in mind. That's what I'm asking for. Yeah. Same thing? Yeah, same thing. Yeah? What you eat. What you eat, right? So technically, diet means your way of eating. Right, it's like, like your diet or nutrition lifestyle. That's what it means. But now we hear the word diet and we think lose as much weight as fast as you can, restrict, <clears throat> suffer. Right, you hear the word diet and people are like, oh, it has the word die in it. Like, oh my God, I'm gonna die. Like, no, it's not. It's not what diet means, you know. Um, so yeah, so being in a caloric deficit really is the most important thing. Um, which, it. it I'm, I'm gonna use the transition into the, the tracking part because if somebody comes up to me and says, you know, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I, I'm not losing weight. I'm eating much better. I'm eating natural and organic and wholesome foods, foods from the earth. I went vegan or I went keto or I went whatever route they want to go and I can't lose weight what's going on just like lisa said i'm like you are not truly in a caloric deficit right um oftentimes we'll blame hormones we'll blame the thyroid we'll blame age we'll blame our wife or husband we'll blame you know whoever we're gonna blame except ourselves and the fact that we're not holding ourselves accountable which brings me to the next point tracking Using something as simple as MyFitnessPal can completely change your life, right? And it doesn't necessarily have to be MyFitnessPal. I'm not sponsored by them in any way, shape, or form. It's just the most well-known app. It's an eye-opener, right? I had a patient who, she lost 60-something pounds, and she started regaining. So she gained back maybe like 30 pounds. And she's like, I don't know what I'm doing. She's like, I, I'm eating. She told me everything that she was eating. And I was like, even with that glass of wine that you're having at nighttime, it doesn't sound like you should be gaining 30 pounds. Like, literally, she lost 60-something in like over a year-ish, and she was easily putting on, she went from 260-something, 240-something to 180-something. And then she shot back up to the two teens, and I had been telling her, track, right? Download my fitness pal, track what you're eating, and she was very resistant to it until she finally started tracking. And then she told me, she was like, wow, it's a mind F word. And I was like, well, go figure. She was easily consuming at least, this means it was the minimum, every single day, an excess of 300 calories, right? Minimum. If you're consistently eating 300 calories more than you probably should, what's gonna happen? You're gonna slowly but surely start putting on weight. And that's, that 300 calories was the minimum. Some days was 500, 800, 1,000, it varied. But she was never in a caloric deficit. Yeah. So of course her weight was going up and tracking held her accountable. Well, at least it made her realize, right? Uh, after that, she, we like lost touch. She stopped coming in, she was too busy, right? Mm -hmm. Which, you know, people get busy and they have certain priorities. And I don't know where her weight is at now, but unfortunately. realized what was yeah. going on. Yeah, yeah. I think also just kind of going back to the initial diet, even if you say like, Lisa, you have to go on a diet, I'm already like, okay. Like you feel, we feel that restriction right away and we feel like, um, you, we feel like something is taken, being taken away from us. Like we're bad, it makes us feel guilty and it makes us feel, some, well, at least for me, mm. like it, going through the process and it makes us feel like, oh man, I should be doing this and it's kind of like we begin to want to punish ourselves sometimes. 
But the reality is it does not have to be like that. That's a kind of like guilt mindset that a lot of women live in. And that's why a lot of women, I mean men too, but generally I see it in women where they want to like go on a diet, go off a diet. Like they do good on a diet and then they reward themselves by eating like they did again. So it's really a shift when you, when you honestly do want to change and you do want to lose weight, you first have to dedicate a minimum of three months like for that mental mindset to change. And slowly, you, you can slowly get to that caloric deficit. It doesn't mean you have to cut. That's why these diets, when people go on diets, like they'll do keto, or they'll do paleo, or they'll do vegan. It's such a change in their diet that most people end up losing weight. But if it's not something that they can sustain for a while, then they're just gonna go back to eating the way they did. So for example, even it happened to me, <clears throat> I, was, I was trying to heal my gut, I think a year, a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, and I did keto for two weeks because that was a protocol. And I did lose weight, and I lost like six pounds. I'm like, oh my God, I feel great. But then I was like, but I don't want to eat like this forever. What's gonna happen? Oh my God, I'm gonna gain all the weight back. And like that whole mental shift happened. And I did gain some of it back, and then, you know, I ended up did losing it, but it was, I ended up losing it just by eating less, really. And I was like, oh. But in my mind, I was so panicked. I was like, oh my God, that this is the only way I can do it. You know, and people get stuck in these like diet ways because they're like, well, I did it this way. And that must mean that's the only way I can do it. But if they're not happy doing it that way, then you kind of like go into like a spiral. Yeah. So, I, you know, as women and men, I, we, we want to let you guys know that it's completely possible to lose weight by feeling good and not feeling so restricted. Yes, you're not going to be eating maybe the extra donut or your extra latte or extra this, those little things. But it, it never has to be so restrictive and it never has to be coming from a feeling of like a punishment because like you're bad because that's not, that's not what it's about. But uh, you know, a lot of my clients that I see, they, they're all in this like yo-yo thing and I wanna make sure that, that when they're dieting, when they're dieting, following a nutrition plan, they don't feel like any guilt associated with it because for women, at least women is the most people that I see and that's kind of where I see that kind of guilt factor come in. So, yeah, and then you drink wine to make yourself feel better. So it's a whole cycle, <laughs> and then, you know, and then you're eating the calories. I think it's also important to get comfortable with restriction, right? right? Like, I think we hear the word restriction and we kind of like panic a little bit, yeah. right? Because we're like, oh my God, like, I can't, I can't have rice. I can't, I can't, I can't. Like, don't ever have this again. I gotta stay away from Starbucks. I can't have pizza. And we like, we freak out. But we also have to understand that restriction is important because let's just say to be in a caloric deficit, let's say Brittany should be at I don't know, to maintain, maybe she has to be at 2,100 calories, and I'm just making up numbers. Um, so that means, hey, maybe she should eat 250 to 500 less calories, really depends on the person and how they feel. Cool, so now she's gonna be at, what's, I don't know, 2,100, Let's say 1,500, right? Just for simplicity's sake. Um, now she's creating a caloric deficit, and that, just in that alone, there's some form of restriction, right? I think we also have to understand that restriction also means not eating pizza and Oreos every single day. That's a form of restriction. And I use those foods as an example because I personally love them. I love pizza and I love Oreos. Would I love to have them every single day? Sure. Do I recognize that it's probably not the best foods to have every single day? Sure. That alone is a form of restriction, right? So that doesn't freak me out. I think we can take comfort in knowing that restriction doesn't mean always and forever, right? right. So. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, and moving on, we'll move on to some of the strategies, guys. But you know, when you hear say, "What do I do to lose weight?" Everybody says, "Eat more vegetables." Eat more, and you're like, you're so sick of hearing it. You're like, "Shut up!" I know. Okay, thank you. 
And I remember being, <clears throat> excuse me, a freshman in college, and I was trying to lose weight, and there was this, I think she was a senior at that time, and I asked her, I was like, oh my God, what do I do to lose weight? I like, I don't know. She's like, oh, eat more vegetables. And I was like, are you serious? <laughs> you know, broccoli, okay. But guys, it's the truth. Like, it's the absolute truth. And why more vegetables? Because first of all, they're highly, highly nutritious. So they have a lot of nutrients, they have a lot of antioxidants, and they're gonna make our bodies feel good. And second of all, they're super low in calories. Like you can eat, I mean, you can eat a whole big salad and get filled up and feel that fiber and feel a swelling in your belly where you feel full, but you'll still be in that caloric deficit. And then when you really think about it, it's like, it's really like a no-brainer to me. Like I even made like a, like an Instagram story. I'm like, oh my God, I can eat all this food, all the salad, I can be full, you know, with other things in it, and I, I don't feel restricted, and I'm still gonna be able to lose weight, or I'm still gonna be able to maintain where I am. So it's really, I mean, for me, it's a no-brainer to eat vegetables. Also, the fiber that's in vegetables, when we eat vegetables, you know, what fiber, it's like that, you know, jelly substance when it hits water. So if you eat something with fiber, and then you put water in it, it swells. Okay, if you want, if you, you know, if you want to experiment, go put a piece of broccoli in water and see, and see what happens to it, right? So it begins to swell and it makes us feel full. Well now, once our bellies are full, it sends a signal to our brain saying we're full, stop eating. So you need to listen also to when you're stuck, stopping to eat. And also it helps clear out anything else that's stuck in your intestinal tract, right? So when we're, a lot of times too, for like we're constipated, we're not having regular bowel movements every day, it'll make our bellies look bigger and like kind of like we look swollen. So eating the fiber, eating the vegetables, it's gonna all help with that process and clear everything else out so that we feel good in that area as well. Yeah. And vegetables also tend to have a decent amount of water in them, yeah. uh, which kind of brings me to the next point about consuming more water mm -hmm. to help with weight loss, right? I think a lot of us underhydrate, right? Raise your hand if you underhydrate. I, I know I do for sure, right? And we're professionals in the field, and this is what we do for a living, and we still don't drink enough water on a consistent, regular basis, right? Mm -hmm. What Lisa mentioned about, like, let's say, being constipated and not being able to go to the restroom, water plays an important role in that too, right? If you're not consuming enough water, that can make you be backed up, right? Mm -hmm. At the same time, I don't know if you all have heard this before, but some people will say oftentimes our body confuses hunger with thirst, thirst yeah. right? So you might not really be hungry when you feel like you are, and I know this happens to me without a doubt. Um, I might not drink enough water, I might actually be pretty thirsty, uh, but I'll start snacking on something. And I'm like, wait, hold on, I haven't, I haven't drank enough water today, if any, at all. Right. And I try to get some upon waking up. Another thing about water is that, just like what Lisa mentioned, when you consume fiber or vegetables, it kind of expands in your stomach. And if you drink water with that, it kind of expands in your stomach. Um, but water helps you stay feeling full also. So for example, if you wanted to try to control how much you were consuming at one single meal, it wouldn't be a bad idea to try drinking, let's say maybe 16 ounces of water before you eat, and then you eat, and you might actually feel full faster because that water makes you be like, oh man, like, I'm not that hungry, I'm feeling kind of full right now. Yeah. You know? Yeah, totally. Um, what did I say about the water? Water expansion of expansion, yeah. But fiber. also, water kind of helps to flush our systems out as well. So, like when you are, you know, trying to lose weight, you know, I 
going back to the whole model, like if you're maybe if you haven't been eating that well too, I also like using like the sauna or steam room and sweating, just like the whole process of really clearing your body out. Because I think with fat loss and even dieting too, you're kind of detoxing your old mindset as well, right? Because sometimes we're in the mindset, we might not be in the greatest place in our life, whatever, we haven't been taking care of ourselves. So as like a strategy, we're talking about strategies, obviously working out guys is gonna make you lose weight, like period, 100%, because you're expending that extra energy. But I also find that sweating in itself and like detoxing your sweat and then also detoxing, you know, detoxing by sweating by sitting in a steam room and sauna kind of helps as well. And kind of moving into that, that's why I put the behavior habits, is detoxing that old mindset, right? A lot of times we, we use food as like a comfort um, to make ourselves feel better. And even I still do too, too. I'm like, oh, I don't, you know, maybe I want a piece of chocolate to make myself feel better. Like it, it really, it does not make you feel better. It gives you like maybe a little hit of like a dopamine or something. You get that sugar for about three seconds, but in and of itself, sugar and food doesn't actually like make your mental state, like make your brain feel better. Now if you're eating like avocados and high fatty foods, that will make your brain feel better. But just making that connection that, you know, detoxing that habit of, oh, if this kind of food is gonna make me feel better, then I'm okay. And also like Eric said about being full, I really, I highly recommend to like all my clients and I use this with myself is don't eat until you're 100% full. Eat until you're about 75% full, wait 20 minutes and then see if you're actually hungry. So this is a strategy that worked for me. I will share this with you guys. So because I've been a dietitian and like in this fitness industry and all this stuff, like I always thought like I had to be like a certain way and be not perfect, but you know, like you try to be. So I would like, I wouldn't buy ice cream. I wouldn't have sweets in the house and maybe a little bit of chocolate. So in, in that type of restriction, I, in, in a way like I was punishing myself. So what, I, what my strategy was was that I would buy like a, a Cool Whip or like a, a, like a spoon of ice cream. And I would, when I was done eating my meal, I would have like a little spoon of ice cream. So that was like my dessert. And I know this sounds funny, but in that sense, I was able to eat less and have a little piece of dessert and then feel completely satisfied and not want anything else. But when you're constantly restricting and you're saying, I can't have this, like Eric was saying, I can't have this, I can never have pizza, I can never have that, then it kind of works the opposite way because then maybe one day you might eat too much of it or you just might be so scared of food, right? So that's one of my strategies. I would actually eat less, but if I knew I could have a little piece of chocolate or if I knew I could have like a, a spoon of ice cream and just have something for myself that like I felt like I was, like not cheating, but I was like allowing myself to have it. By have, allowing yourself to do it, I was able to hit my macros and stay with all it, stay with everything that I need to do. Another example that I saw by doing some research is uh, another lady, Heidi, does that. She's a, she was competing for like the theory competitions. So, I mean, again, this is not maybe the best strategy for everybody, but you know, when you're competing, you have to also be in a caloric deficit. But in the morning, she would have like um, from Starbucks, she would have her protein shake and she would have like a little, like either like Rice Krispies treat or something that she was eating from Starbucks that was like a, you know, a bad food, like a little half donut. But as long as she was able to give herself that with the protein, then she would hit all, all her numbers 100% for the rest of the day. And I know that seems like, a, like an interesting concept, but that's more of like a mental behavioral concept. Like I'm, I, I can't have this, I'm allowing myself to have something that I really enjoy in my day. Maybe it's a bite of pizza or whatever it is for you. And so for the rest of the day, you feel completely satisfied and you can hit those targets. So that's one of the things with my clients, like when they, 
when they want to cheat or when they do this, when they overdrink, I ask them like, what is it that you're trying to kind of like compensate for? You know, if you want it, if it needs to be something that you allow yourself to have once a day, and then for the rest of the time you can feel satisfied, then do it. Because a lot of the times this diet stuff really comes down to like emotional and, and behavioral stuff, so. I think the behavioral part is important to talk about a little bit too because some people have a very, uh, I guess like a militant mindset where they can do the exact same thing every single day, eat the same thing every single day and not have any issues with that. But not everybody is born or bred to be that way, right? So they're like, yeah, give me uh, two scrambled eggs and a rice cake for breakfast um, and chicken and broccoli for lunch. And a lot of people that compete like in physique and bodybuilding and all that, they kind of have that mindset of eat the same single thing every single day and this, this and that. But not everybody functions that way. I think that's why right. it's important what Lisa said about maybe having a little bit of something and then going about the rest of your day to not fully restrict. That's why I think a lot of people on keto, like they love keto because they're like, oh, I can eat butter and I can be bacon. And they feel this like freedom that they're allowed to eat it and they don't maybe care as much about restricting like the carbs. So, I, I mean, I like to like carbs, so I'd rather have the carbs. I think they do that. But that's why these, some, of these, some of these diets do work for that certain amount of time because they feel like they're not restricted. And that's the whole point, like not feeling like you're restricted. And just to kind of tie into that's why intermittent fasting works for a lot of people as well because there, it's like they feel like they're doing something to restrict themselves, but it's not that bad. It doesn't feel as restrictive, so they're okay with, if they have a busy schedule, they're okay with only eating, you know, eight hours out of the day, but they can eat whatever they, you know, whatever they choose in that eight-hour day, but then they're not snacking at night, and then they're not maybe snacking in the morning or, like, around the office, right? Because all these little extra calories do end up adding up. Yeah. All right. Uh, I, I did want to mention a little bit yeah. about movement. Um, I know... You all work out, right? Um, so we're not too concerned about that. But let's say if somebody maybe can't make it to the gym on a regular basis or you know whatever it might be, even though I think that we have, there's a lot of excuses, right? We have certain reasons, but if you tell me you don't have 10 to 20 minutes to do some kind of movement, I call BS on that, right? Um, but something as simple as taking the stairs or parking farther from your destination Right? So for example, let's say you're coming to the gym and you park at the end of the block, right? Or something along those lines. Even mm -hmm. though you're coming to the gym, you're gonna get your movement in over here. Um, but when it comes to movement, there's something that's called NEAT, which is non-exercise activity thermogenesis. That's the calories that you burn when you're not exercising, right? And not and also because when you eat, there's there's caloric expenditure when you eat, right? The thermic effect of food. Something that would be considered NEAT is Fidgeting, right? That's a very common one. Just like you can't really sit still, you know. Like Brittany. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much, right? But it's I'm interesting. Weight loss. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I'm trying to figure something. Yeah, out. yeah. yeah. Um, if you think about it, and studies have shown this too, the less you eat, the less energy you are likely to have. So if you are on some kind of a quote-unquote starvation diet, I don't really like that term, but let's say you're overly restricting yourself. Meaning, if you can lose weight by eating 1,800 calories, I would prefer somebody lose weight eating 1,800 calories than go down to 800 calories. Because other things are gonna be affected. It could be hormones, it could be energy levels. And if you are on that 800 calorie approach, you tend to move less. 
So now your knee is going to be lower. So you're not going to have, you're going to be more like lethargic. You're not going to have the fidgeting power, if you will, like you, you could sit more still. If you can eat a little bit more and still be in a caloric deficit, you tend to have a little higher energy and you tend to fidget and move around a little bit more, which it doesn't sound like it's anything crazy, but some people can easily burn an extra, I don't know, two to, I think it was even reported once, about 500 extra calories by move, just moving, right? And not exercising, not exercise activity thermogenesis, whether it's taking the stairs or parking a little bit farther, even though this, some might consider that exercise, I guess it depends on your <laughs> fitness level. The fidgeting, the movement and all of that also depends on what you do for work. If you're like a, a mailman or male woman, right, you'll be out on your feet, out and about. If you're on a desk the entire day, sitting down like this, looking at the screen, you move less. I mean, don't get me wrong, this is still movement, but being out and about right, is much more movement than just on the computer, you know, your hips, yeah, everything starts to feel it, and you're moving way less. Mm -hmm. So that's where understanding the tracking and being in a caloric deficit is important but also making sure that you're not suffering. You're not really cutting yourself too short right. on your calories. Yeah. And th this is another big question that always gets asked. So when you are working out, should you be working out at the fat burning zone to burn fat, or should you be doing just as much exercise as you can and burn as many calories? Feel, okay, whatever. Um, <clears throat> so what do you guys think? What's more important, to work out in the fat burning zone or just to work out and burn as, and burn as many calories as possible? I like that. Okay. <laughs> what about you guys? What do you think? What's that? Whatever motivates you. Whatever motivates you? Okay. I would think the more calories you burn. Okay. Yeah. And you're right. So there's, um, you know, some people will wear like the heart rate monitors or the polar um, or Apple watches or whatever. And there is a fat burning zone. There's a fat burning zone where you get your heart rate and what is it, 65 to 85% yeah. of your maximum? I believe it's 65 to 85. It's on the lower end. It's not CrossFit pretty much, right? <laughs> so it's like me, if I was on the assault bike and I was just for an hour, doo -doo 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 -doo, or maybe walking, right? So that in and of itself will burn more calories from fat than from, from, from glycogen, than from your glucose stores, right? So let's say I'm, a, I'm on there for an hour and I burn, um, let's, ow. okay, and I burn, let's say, let's just say 400 calories, right? And it's even coming from fat. But let's say I did a CrossFit class, and here I end up, for the same amount of time, I end up burning 700 calories, okay? At the end of the day, we said the caloric deficit is gonna be the most important thing, right? And, all, and actually how much energy expenditure we do. So this, Burning more calories is actually going to get you closer to your goals a lot faster than being in this fat burning zone. Now, when you're when you are, let's say, like a bodybuilder and you're about to compete and you're pretty much starved and you have really really little body fat and they are just trying to maintain their muscle mass, they might want to do this towards the end because they literally don't have enough energy to push through like a hard two-hour workout. Like their their body's already depleted. So you'll see them like walking for like an hour, two hours. Okay, we're not those people. We're not competing. We're doing it for health, and we're not doing it for one look, right? And they only have that look for about two or three days, and it goes away. So for us, if you guys ever see this question come up, or somebody tries to tell you, like, we want to keep you in this zone, just know for yourself that if your goal is just to lose weight, lose body fat, all that together, the most important thing is just going to be to 
have as much energy expenditure as possible. Just burn as many calories as possible. Now, is it bad to be here? No, I go here all the time. On a day that I'm like tired or I just want to chill, I'll be on the bike for 20, 30 minutes. Like it's very enjoyable for me. Like I get to zone out, you know, I don't, it does, every workout doesn't have to be like a, a kill yourself workout, right? And, that, and that's another thing, kind of go to that movement. Um, I used to think that I have to kill myself every single workout and until I feel like I'm like, I don't have any energy at all, I haven't done enough. And I used to have that mindset, like completely honest with you. And that's kind of a, it, you know, not a CrossFit mindset, but a CrossFit that do push you to like the limit. And I would think like, oh my God, if I haven't done enough, then I, I just need to keep going. But think about how you were brought up too. Like, I think we were also brought up in a time of no pain, no gain. Yeah. Like hearing that in Gatorade yeah. commercials and whatever. Right, like push yourself to like you. Yeah, yeah. But what ends up happening, if you push yourself too much, you do end up hitting a wall and you actually end up going the other direction. So for you guys, going back to that movement, if, if you have a day where you can't come in here, it's totally okay for you guys to do a 20 minute run outside. It's totally okay for you guys to do a wad at home of 100 squats, whatever, 100 push-ups or 100 burpees. Like what? Anything you guys do is going to help, period. And I, again, going back to that mindset, I'm like, well, if I haven't done that, then it's, it's not even worth it for me to do 20 minutes because what is that going to do, you know? But in reality, of course it's going to do something. It's still energy expenditure. It's still, it's still movement, and you're still getting closer to your goals. So I, I want to reiterate that part. Like, we don't always have to be in that zero or 100 type of mindset. That somewhere between is going to work. Any activity, even if you're on vacation, a lot of people go on vacation, even if you're hiking, even if you're doing this, if you're running after your child, it all, it all matters. It all comes together, right? So don't be like me. <laughs> Can I ask you guys, um, I hear a lot, like muscle burns more calories than fat. So how does strength training factor into fat loss? It plays a huge role because, it, yes, it builds muscle. Um, and the, <laughs> the muscle burns more than fat, it is, it's, it's true-ish, right? I think we, we, we take things to such a, They're two different things. Of, yeah. They're two complete, like muscle, I'm just gonna jump in for one second. Muscle is a metabolically active tissue. It needs nutrients. If there's no nutrients in muscle and blood flow, it's not gonna be there. Fat just sits there. So it is, so like when you compare, you can't really compare those two, but I think what you're like asking is, if you have more muscle, is it better at burning fat than, than yes. So, yeah. go ahead. And, and at the same time, um, they've also found that fat isn't as little metabolically active as we used to think, but it's not as metabolically active as muscle. It does just kind of sit there, but just by sitting there, it could contribute to weight. And this is where it gets a little bit confusing. The more you weigh, the higher your metabolic rate is, right? And that could be confusing because someone is going to be like, wait, this obese person has a faster or higher metabolism than me that weighs 75 pounds less than them? Yeah, think about it. If you weigh more, your body has to do more to make sure to keep it at that homeostasis, to keep it at that ability where it can just function. And, and, and to move your body. Like let's say if Eric weighed 500 pounds and I weighed 100 pounds, right? For me to run, it's a lot easier for me to run because I'm only moving this 100 pound weight forward. Well, Eric, he would have to use a lot more energy to move himself forward. It's like just going back to the regular mass, like how much he actually weighs. He actually has to use more energy to propel himself forward. Yeah. So in that case, yeah, he would, he, would, he would probably also burn more calories because he's using so much more energy. Yeah. But 
who is the healthier person, obviously, like if you have, even if you weigh, if you weigh more, if you weigh less, you know, if you're healthier weight when you weigh less, yes, you might be burning less calories or might be expending less calories than when you were 200 pounds, but you're a much healthier person at the, the lesser weight. Yeah, better on your heart, better as far as many other illnesses and diseases. But to answer your question, muscle does play, or, or strength training, I think was your initial question, does play a very important role in helping with like longevity and burning calories and all of that. And also, kind of like what you said before too, if you enjoy that more than running a half marathon, then awesome, like then just do it if you're gonna be able to stay consistent. <clears throat> now, if we're able to find a good balance between both of these, kind of like what Lisa was talking about, that she'll go and do maybe a lower intensity, steady state cardio on the bike, nice and easy, and then come in and lift some weights, great, now you have uh, a fine balance. But at the end of the day, we have to keep in mind that our nutrition plays the most important role as far as controlling the, the fat loss and the caloric intake because we can burn all these calories, but we could also consume all these calories right back. Mm -hmm. Oh, I burned 700 calories today. I can go and eat whatever I want. Yeah, That's kind of like the mindset. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. There has to be a caloric deficit in the end. And even like, and I, I, I kind of, I can empathize with individuals that have like hypothyroidism, for example. I think we're very quick to blame the thyroid being out of whack, which it does play a very important role because your thyroid is like a control panel for right. your metabolism. What does metabolism do? It processes all these different nutrients and whatever, allows us to have energy. But if you have hypothyroidism, now you know that you have something that is causing your metabolic activity to be lower or slower. Um, but it's still calories in versus calories out. Whether you're in menopause, whether you have your period or don't have your period, whether you are sad or happy, or you have your thyroid or you don't have your thyroid, it still comes down to caloric uh, expenditure versus mm -hmm. caloric intake. Mm -hmm. And one other thing I heard you guys say was that muscle weighs more than fat. Okay, but if we have <clears throat> like one pound of muscle, and we have one pound of fat, does one really weigh more than the other one? Right, so like if we have one pound of muscle and one pound of fat, it's still one pound. But, right, so there's no difference. So like that, you know, and I hear it all the time, but, you know, that, that specific comment may not be true, but the muscle is, yes, it's definitely more dense than fat, and it has, it needs more nutrients, it needs more attention than fat does, right? So that's why we do want to make sure that when we are, you know, dieting and we're, we're trying to lose weight, that we do have muscle because it is going to help us increase, <laughs> it is going to help us increase our uh, metabolic, our metabolic rate, right? Because the muscles need nutrients. So when we're eating, then all those nutrients can help repair the muscles and then we, you know, have more muscle and we have less fat. And though, um, oh my gosh, I have one more like really important thing to say. Oh, this is the last thing. So, well, so I have to make sure. So, like, it goes on what Eric was saying. We can work out for an hour and burn a thousand calories. Great. But we eat every single day, and we eat at least three times a day. And you know, people people say, well, nutrition is like about eighty percent of your diet, or dieting is eighty percent food. And that's why, guys, because eating is something we do on an everyday, no matter what. Most people, unless so. And they're still like on a crazy fast or something, right? But eating is what we always have to do. 
And every time we eat, we have the opportunity to fuel ourselves in a proper way and give ourselves nutrients. Working out is something we have to do once a day, maybe, maybe twice a day, maybe three days a week. So it plays a much less, in the big picture, it plays a much less picture in your overall like daily decisions. That's why the nutrition part plays so much heavier and it's so much more important because it's something, that's a decision we make three times a day or maybe five times a day. The working out is a decision we make once a day, we go, we're done, somebody coaches us, that's it. That's the easy part. It really is the easy part. The nutrition part is something that we have to figure out for ourselves and pay more attention to because that plays such a such a bigger role in our overall health and our overall diet. It's what it's literally what what we put into our body, what makes us up. The energy and the, the, the working out is something we do. It, you know, it, and it, of course it does affect our body, but what we put into our bodies is so much more important. It's, and it affects our ability to work out. And it affects out. our ability to work out. Yeah, like we're, it's, it's us. Like you are what you eat. It is because you're putting it in. It's going in through your blood. The nutrients are in your blood. It literally is what you eat. The other stuff is more the, the external part. Okay, that's why that's why this stuff, the nutrition part, is so much more, it's just more important. <laughs> the reason so. I brought these weights was just to kind of show, and for those of you listening, I have a 10-pound dumbbell and a 20-pound dumbbell. But let's just say both of these are, I don't know, uh, whatever, seven pounds of mass, right? The seven pounds of muscle is gonna look like this. The seven pounds of fat is gonna look like this. Like the fat takes up more space. Mm -hmm. The muscle is more dense, right? right? So you get more bang for your buck in the muscle. So that's why maybe somebody, let's say if somebody loses 10 pounds of fat, but gains 10 pounds of muscle. They look completely different. The scale says the exact same thing, right? It's the same amount of weight, but it's not the same kind of mass. Mm-hmm. So just important to, to keep that in mind. And that's, yeah, really quickly, that's another thing that happens is that I measured a client yesterday. I've been working with him for 12 weeks already. He weighs, he weighs the same as he did six weeks ago. He's at the same weight, but his body fat numbers are lower because he has been able to build muscle. So when you're looking at the scale, the scale might not be moving, right? It might look the same, but what's happening, the body composition, that, that, those are the changes that are happening. You might be getting, getting smaller, right? Even though the weight's the same, and you might be getting smaller because your fat is actually is decreasing and you are getting smaller. Sorry, what were you I have a question. Okay. I went to UM the other day and got my body fat tested in the body pod. Yeah. And the student who worked there not true (laughs) it's not true uh, but it's it also depends on the individual right so let's say someone who is very well seasoned in training or maybe like as, as far as like tweaking their diet and whatnot it could be harder for them just naturally to maybe put on more muscle than what they already have someone who's more of a in quotation marks newcomer to lifting weights or a certain kind of exercise or whatever it might be, they tend to have a a greater tendency or possibility of experiencing what's called body recomposition or body recomp, Mm -hmm. where you lose fat and build muscle. Um, Yeah, it's not 100% 
factual, but it's it's it could be difficult, right, for people to to lose fat and gain muscle at the same time. But it also depends on what are you eating, meaning are you getting enough protein, and how much are you under eating, and are you lifting weights? Right. You know, that's definitely important. And looks wise though, like for you, like if you're still, let's say if you are a caloric deficit, but you're still lifting weight, your muscles are still getting activated. You're getting still like a pump there. So your muscles might actually look a little bit bigger. They might not be growing specifically, but because you're reducing your body fat and you can see the muscle better, you might actually begin to look more muscular, even though you're not actually growing and building muscle. And I mean, that's the thing, like, for the look that we want, like women, we don't necessarily want to get like huge. Like I, I, mean, I don't. Maybe I mean for a look, right? For athletic performance, of course, yes, you do want bigger muscles. But for people that are just, that you know, for people that are just wanting to like lose weight, you might be able to see that muscle more, and the body fat is less, so they might look more muscular. But it doesn't mean they're getting like, like it's it's hard. Like if you look at Ali, I mean, she is eating a lot to try to like grow and get bigger and. She was telling Eric the other day we were at yeah. dinner, like she like it's she gets tired of eating. She for women we have to eat so much to, in order for that muscle to actually grow, and it takes a long, 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 long time. Yeah. So unless you guys come, too. what's that? And guys, guys I'm too. a hard gainer. Yeah. Like I, I can maintain a very light weight easily. For me to gain is it takes, a it takes challenge. A lot of work. So if you are oh, if you are maybe eating a little bit more and now doing CrossFit and then lifting heavy weights and you're eating to support that you will your muscles will grow you might get a little bit bigger but if you are eating the same way and your muscles you know are getting bigger you're not going to get bigger that's why girls oh weights are going to make you big yeah if you eat more your muscles are going to grow if you stay the same or eat less you're just going to lose body fat and you'll probably look better (laughs) and one last thing to to britney's question is when you look at the results of when you look at the results of a, a bod pod or a DEXA or an in-body, any kind of uh, body composition measurement, if you have a before and after, you want to look at what was gained and what was lost. So if you can measure or if you can read what the lean body mass says or what the specific muscle mass says, uh, because some tests will tell you lean body mass. Uh, and we know lean body mass is water. Anything that's not fat, muscle, other tissues, bone, and so on and so forth. You could actually cheat these tests by chugging a bunch of water. Yeah, by hydrating, overhydrating. By overhydrating. Brady's right? already planted. Yeah. Well, but but then you're cheating yourself, right? Um, so then you also look at fat mass, and you can measure. Okay, my fat mass was at just to make up a number, 40 pounds. I did my test, uh, my 12 week post test or whatever and it's now at 30 pounds. So you know you lost 10 pounds of fat, right? And if you measure your muscle, you can say, okay, my muscle was at 100, or my lean body mass, let's say, was at 112 pounds, <coughs> and now it's at 113.5. So like, wow, I lost 10 pounds of fat and I gained one and a half pounds of muscle. So net, I lost eight and a half pounds, right, if my math is correct. but you're actually seeing what was lost and, and what was gained, right? So, yeah. So, I mean, I, I think that's it, guys. I know we kind of dove into a little deeper stuff, you know, we kind of went to the nitty-gritty. As a whole, we obviously want to be eating healthy. Uh, the protein's important. 
having um, you know, protein, healthy fats in our diet, having vegetables. But again, the finding what's gonna work for you. So maybe eating five ounces of protein every meal doesn't work for you. Maybe you wanna eat a little bit more in the morning and less at night. So finding what that formula looks for you, it is going to be individualized. So don't always think like, well, this is not working. This means I can't lose weight. You can always transform your body at any point, at any age. Our bodies are constantly changing. And I give the example of like a baby. You see a baby, right, they're little, and their bodies grow, 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 grow. All their cells are changing, and then we get to be adults, right? But even as adults, our bodies are constantly, constantly changing. Every time you work out, there's something changes in your body. Every time you eat, something changes in your body. So always know that you have the ability and you have the capacity to always change. You never have to stay at that one place. Don't ever think that you have to be at that one place. You can always do something or maybe seek out somewhere to help you, and you can always transform from, from the inside and outside, no matter what, like until you die, literally. I agree. So. And on that point, I did want to ask you a question. Kind of going back to what Lisa was talking about with like the different kinds of exercises and what we talked about caloric deficit just before we kind of wrap up what are factors that you can and cannot control when it comes to burning calories like what do you all think or especially after hearing what we said here and it could be things like well just my metabolism or my thyroid or my exercise or my whatever what do you think you can and cannot control and i'm doing this so that you can just to raise awareness so you can really notice like, wow, there's much more that I can do, and there are some things that I can't do much about. So, what do you say? There's no right or wrong answer, I just want to. <laughs> well, I'm like through please. genetics. Okay, genetics play a role, okay. You say you, you can't control genetics? Yeah, you can't. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or like maybe like how stressed you are. Okay. Can you control that or not? You could. Okay. Well, like I feel like there's things you can do to prevent it, but like how like you react to how you manage things. it. Yeah. Okay. And what else? So kind of going off of that, how you what do you do to manage stress? Meditate. Okay. Eat. Meditate. Eat. <laughs> Exercise. Exercise. These are things that you can control. Now, what does eating contribute to? Calories in. What does exercise contribute to? Calories out, right? So these are, those are, that's what I'm kind of saying. Yeah, if you want to have like better legs, work out hard and maybe pick your parents better, right? But not much we could do about that because to your point, genetics. But things that we can control. How much am I eating? How much am I moving? Where am I parking? Am I gonna work out or not? Am I gonna lift weights or not? Am I gonna do what Lisa said and ride the bike for 20 minutes nice and chill? Or am I gonna do what Lisa said and do a HIIT workout? These are all things that contribute to the calories in versus calories. Remember, we control some things, others we don't. Our basal metabolic rate, we don't control that. It just is what it is based on how much we weigh, our height, our age, our gender, whatever. But the other calories that we're burning, we control that. Because we can control where we park. We can control whether we come to the gym or not. Right? We can control if we're moving more or not. We control how much we consume. Right? So just kind of food for thought there. Mm -hmm. When we did a few months ago the 60 day challenge, mm -hmm. I started tracking my meals in the fitness plan. Okay. And it, I was surprised by how much of an effort I had to make to reach. Okay. Because I was like way below my daily intake. 
every day. And I was like, but I'm eating while I'm not hungry. And like, right. I really needed to eat a lot more veggies and whatever to, uh -huh. to, to get my calories in. And did you find, did you, from a weight standpoint, did you gain, did you lose, or did you maintain? If you don't I, mind me asking. I did a combination in those 60 days. I was more disciplined in training as well. Okay. So it was like normal three-day week training minimum and tracking my calories. And then, yeah, I did lose a bit of weight. Okay. Yeah. I think a lot of times, and I've had this question asked before, um, why do people lose weight when they eat more? And it's not, it, it, that's kind of a loaded question because in the big picture, you're not eating more. Right, you're actually eating Correct, you're in a caloric calories. deficit. Now, maybe you're training more. Maybe before you were, I don't know, you would just go for a 20 minute walk every single day. Oh yeah, I exercise, I go for my 20 minute walk. Awesome, I encourage a 20 minute walk. Shoot, I encourage a 10 minute walk, right? But now, you're lifting weights or you're including uh, sprints in your workout or whatever it might be. So now your caloric needs are gonna go up, right? So now, technically, you might be eating more than what you were before, but you are more than likely burning more than what you were before. But in the big picture, you're still not consuming more than you should. And maybe you're eating more, and this is just a strategy, you're eating more throughout the day. Maybe eating six meals a day works awesome for somebody. Cool, if it works for you, then do it. You're eating more frequently. But in the big picture, for fat loss, you are not eating more overall. Right, more calories. You're, you're probably right. eating more volume, mm -hmm. but less actual calories. That's the thing that in a lot of diet, people will be like, eat more to lose more. Yeah. And it's really eating more of the right stuff to Frequently. lose more, right? Not exactly eating more calories, not eating more pizza, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. but eating more vegetables and volume so that your metabolism does respond and you do it. And well, because what happens, let's say me for an example, right? If I, were, if I need 2,900 calories mm -hmm. just to maintain, what would happen if I were to start eating 3,600 calories? I would gain weight. I would gain weight, right? I'm, I'm eating more, but I'm not losing. I would probably gain weight. Now, if gaining weight was my goal, shoot, I'm gonna eat 3,600 calories, right? But we have to always keep that in mind. And people will say things with conviction on the internet, in books, you know, wherever. Yeah, you know, you have to eat more. You have to eat more. To an extent, yeah. If you can eat more and still lose weight, if losing weight is your goal, then awesome. If you're going to diet down, do it on as many calories as you possibly can to encourage habit change and keeping your energy levels high. Meaning, don't, if you can lose weight on 1,500 calories, don't go down to 500 calories. Yeah, right? not necessary. So, what about it? Some people say that you should eat five or six times a day smaller portions than three times a day bigger portions because that then your metabolism keep, stays working, keeps on yeah. working, and you would burn more. I don't miss the metabolism seminar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't recommend that to anybody. I don't. Um, if I, I like my clients to eat more spread out so your body has the opportunity to empty the whole stomach and, and then wait till you're actually hungry to eat. Because what happens sometimes is when you say eat every two or three hours, then people might not be hungry but they'll still eat and they end up eating more. So I say if you're up, wait four or five hours between eating, three meals a day, whatever, but if you're starving, if you can't wait till dinner and you are absolutely freaking starving, then eat a meal, eat a small meal. Don't eat a snack, I don't, I don't do snacks. I say, even if it might be like nuts and a banana, whatever, I say it's a meal, it's one of your meals. But 
And I think that philosophy kind of came from the bodybuilding philosophy because they, remember, they want to build muscle. So they want to eat every few hours so that they can build muscle so that they are lean, right? But for us, we're just trying to, you know, be like normal people. Um, I like to tell my clients to wait as long as they can in between meals so that they actually feel hungry, that feel hungry to eat. Because it's really easy to overeat. Like, let's just be honest. Like, it's really easy to overeat. So I, that kind of training the brain, like if, I, if I'm really hungry, yes, I'm actually freaking starving, okay. And another thing I say to people is like, if they're hungry at night, I'm like, okay, are you hungry? If you're really truly hungry, then go eat a steak or go eat a piece of meat. If you're not hungry for meat, then you're hungry for ice cream or a cookie. <laughs> So you're not really hungry, you're just craving. It's more of like a craving. So that's another strategy. Also the, the whole increasing the metabolism thing by eating more, more frequently. In theory, it makes sense. Because when you eat, you have to burn calories. That's the thermic effect of food. When you eat, your body has to use, just by sitting here breathing, you're burning calories. So for your body to process and digest and absorb and all of that, there's gonna be some kind of caloric expenditure. But it's, it's never going to be more than what you actually consume. So, for example, some foods have a higher thermic effect of food. Uh, protein. Protein and fiber are the ones that have the highest thermic effect of food, meaning your body burns more calories when you consume those than when you consume uh, regular carbs that aren't fiber uh, or fat. But at most, it'll be 30-ish percent, meaning you're still going to absorb 70% of those calories, right. right? So again, it's kind of like communism, right? In theory, it works. Eating more to increase the metabolism, but eating more is also going to increase your caloric your intake. So it doesn't really, unless it works for you. I personally eat well. I mean, I personally function well eating anywhere between four and six times a day because I get hungry often and that's just how I function. You know, but not every, some people can yeah, do well eating me. two meals a day. I eat like three. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like to space it out. Yeah. <laughs> That's where self-awareness is huge too. Yeah. Know what works best for you. Any other questions, guys? I'm going to turn off this thing here. Cool. And then we can kind of talk.